Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Turning your Bibles with me, with me this afternoon to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. Unfortunately, uh, Steve... Cassidy, one of our elders, can't be here today. I know Lee's not well at the moment, but so do keep him in your prayers. Um, but also, uh, Steve is in Colombia. My kids said to me this morning, they said, is Steve and Lily left the church now? I said, no, I can assure you they've not left. They've just gone on holiday. Um, but they've gone away. And they're also doing ministry work out there. And so we bless them if they're listening online. I just want to bless them today because they do a lot of work there. And it's very tiring running around doing ministry work. And uh, so let's just pray for them right now. Father... We thank you for Stephen Lilly. And uh, God, we just pray that you'll bless them. And Lord, whatever they put their hand to, Lord, that they will be used by you. And I pray, Lord, for you to stretch out your hand, perform miraculous signs and wonders through them, and touch people's lives. And may they know many salvations in front of their eyes as people give their lives to you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. We had a young chap this morning, came in this service. He's been to the Dwayne White prophetic night that we had on. Uh, ended up just wandering past this church, came in, encountered God that night, had a real experience, and uh, someone brought him to me at the end of the service today, a young lad, uh, 16 years old, I think he was, um, and he's been to the church since the Dwayne White night and gave his life to Jesus this morning. And, um, and then God powerfully spoke to him through the prophetic just at the end, and uh, isn't it good what God is doing? And he just said, you know, I just want to be saved. And so it all came about just by coming to the Dwayne White Night. So these things are worth it, you know. We never know what God is going to do. Amen? Amen. Philippians chapter 1 for Vision Sunday and verse 27 we'll pick up from. It says this, Paul, Paul writes this from prison. He says, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you. Or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Wow, what? that's an amazing line. That it's been granted to us not only to believe in Christ, but to suffer for him. That's a gift to you, to suffer. Did you know that? It's been granted to you, it's been given to you that we'd also suffer as well as believe in him. Verse 30 says, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Philippians 2 verse 1, therefore... If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Amen? Amen. Paul here writes, as we know, we've looked at it many times before, but he writes from prison to the church in Philippi that was planted we know that started through Acts chapter 16 when Paul planted that church. And we see here that if you could sum this up, the letter to the church in Philippi essentially is from an apostle. So it's an apostolic vision for how you need to deal with the church now in the struggles you face. And essentially coming from someone who knows what it is to struggle, knows what it is to face opposition, knows what it is to face the pressures of church, but to encourage them in that season. And um, I believe that as a church, 2018, we saw, um, corporately, we saw some challenges. We saw things that put pressure on us, the leadership, that the leadership were under a bit more strain than normal. But through that, God has been preparing, I believe, something even greater than what we saw last year. I could say this, that actually some of the plans and some of the things that even in my heart I had for last year were in a sense 
almost challenged a little bit. And even in my own walk and faith, sometimes I found it hard. And I shared this morning to, to struggle sometimes to evangelize and do the things that once I was passionate about. Because how many of you know that when pressures come, it really does take its toll. But I'm a great believer that when these pressures come, they don't destroy us, but they actually prepare us for something even bigger and even greater. And, and, I'm, and I'm encouraged today because I've got a word for you that I believe as a church, we're going to see something great happen this year. The title of this message this year for Vision Sunday is something is about to happen. Come on. Do you believe that church? Do you believe that Chadira downstairs? Something is about to happen. Something is about to happen. Verse 27, Paul says this, whatever happens, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. In other words, he says this, you know, things are going to happen, but whatever, something's going to happen, but whatever happens, whether good or bad, I love that song when we sing, You Were Good. We sung it on our prayer night the other night, the fast one. I always like singing it. Um, and I'll sing because you are good. And then we get to this slow bit and it slows down and, and we go, uh, In the sun or rain, my life celebrates, you are good. And when we sing that song, I, I always love it because I really sing with such passion, really mean it, that actually my life needs to celebrate through the sun and the rain. It really does. We love singing the you are good bit, and then we get that slow bit. It's almost like people are thinking, well, I'm not so sure if I'm going to sing whether God's good in the rain, the trouble and the, the strife. But the reality is, is the consistency. Paul says, verse 27, whatever happens, in other words, good or bad, things are going to happen. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. In other words, maintain consistency, integrity. Maintain these things as the foundation of what you believe. These are key elements, key things. Now, now you'd say, well, it, what, what great vision to hear from as Apostle Paul. It really inspires me as someone who goes through pressures and sees something at the other side of that. That something greater is going to happen. You know, when the enemy pushes ahead of, uh, against us, it means there's always something to push ahead for when he's pushing at us. And I really believe that this year there's something to push for. You know, you know the boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they go through the fire and they increase the temperature seven times hotter, which we know that number seven is the perfect number, and they increase that temperature and, and the pressure and things get harder. The reality is promotions at the other side of that fire. And I just really believe as a church this year, and I'm not just saying this, I really believe that as a church as we've gone through seasons, and I know that last year wasn't just seasons of pressure for me, but it was seasons of pressure for individuals in the church. There are people that I realize were going through some real, real pressures. But I really want to encourage you this year, when the enemy comes to attack you personally in your life, when he comes to attack your relationships, your families, whatever he's going to try and attack. Because let me tell you, when you leave this church, a living stone goes back to all these places. The stones scatter back to their families, and then they come back together each week. And so the reality is, is that the enemy loves, and, and, and believe you and me, he loves to divide and conquer. That's his key thing. The, the best way he can attack the church sometimes is personally when the stones get separated. That's why you should always never give up meeting together, as the Hebrew says. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because the enemy is going to love to attack you when you get home. Because the, the stones become separate. He knows that when we come together, that's why when we come together, we encourage each other. The body of Christ encourages. Some people say, I just listen online. Well, listening online is great, but you're not encouraged by others face to face. And so it's, it's important that we understand that actually things are going to happen. King's Church face challenges. That's nothing new. But whatever happens, and something's about to happen, for God to do something greater, because I believe we're coming out of the fire, and we're going into a season of promotion, what God is going to do, that God is going to bless us, and I'm ready for what He's going to bring. In Judges chapter 6, the story of Gideon, you've got someone here who's faced with the problem of the Midianites, and uh, there's a lot of people he's got to face in the battle. These people are a problem, and, and Gideon, he has this word from the Lord, and it says this in verse 12 in Judges chapter 6. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And I love this. In verse 13, Gideon replies and says, Pardon me, Lord, 
But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? In other words, some of us can think that when things have happened to us, that God is not with us. But the reality is, God is with us more than ever. In fact, his reply is this in verse 14. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? i got a word for you today. We need to go in our strength, however weak you feel. And he is with us because he is sending us. He is using this church. He is going to release this church with a greater magnitude in this city than we've ever seen before. And we've got to believe that because he's sending us. It's interesting that Gideon had to strip back his army. He starts off with a lot more. But God strips it back. And sometimes God strips things away in your life. Sometimes things happen in your life that shakes your life. But God is bringing you to a place of trust where you believe him that actually it's not our strength that's going to achieve this church. It's his strength. He is sending us. He is with us. God is doing something in this season, this hour. Amen. I put here that the worst that's happened to you is not greater than what will happen for you. The worst that's happened to you is not greater than what's going to happen for you. God has got something bigger, as Dwayne White would say. God is bigger. God is bigger. 1 Peter 4, 12 to 13. I love this. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that's come on you to test you. As though what? Something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. I put the greater the perseverance, the greater the influence. It's interesting that he goes on to say, Paul, in these scriptures, he talks about Christ's humility, laying his life down, in order that as he lays his life down in humility, he achieves the ability to see higher places. He gets the name above all names. And I really believe this year that as we've walked through hard places last year, we're going to walk through high places this year. If you walk through the hard places, you will walk into the high places. God is going to give us authority. He's going to give us a name above all names in this city. And I believe that places of authority are going to give us access. I I believe people are going to give us influence into areas. I said it this morning. We've got Carol and the team doing stuff in the university and the, the, the gospel choir. And it's exciting to see how these links in the church, congregational members, stones that are going out from here, are having influence. And they're penetrating areas of society that once had a name for themselves. That actually you never believed that Jesus could have a name somewhere. But I believe that God's going to give us greater access. Come on. And I'm believing for this. I'm believing as God uses these stones to penetrate into areas that the places that we think are high places that we can't have a name in, we can't have access to. God says, if you went through the hard places for me, I'm going to give you access to the high places. Hallelujah. Obedience in the hard places releases authority in the high places. Hallelujah. So what can we learn from Paul's apostolic vision statement from prison? When he writes to them and he encourages them, what do we learn here? Well, I want to look at the message version. Yes, it is the Bible, but it's a different kind of version. And we got it up here, and it just simplifies it a little bit more. It says this, stand united, singular in vision, contending for people's trust in the message, the good news, not flinching or dodging In the slightest before the opposition. I really believe, number one, today, just a few things I want to bring from this and some of the things that we're going to be doing. Number one today is this, that whatever happens, good or bad, in 2019, we will be a church that stands stronger together. It's important this year, foundationally, before I talk about anything else, that actually we build stronger relationships uh, one of the things I've found is that churches can be very good at doing all the other things, but actually miss out on the close relationships with people. And actually, you know, I had someone came up to me this morning, and she walked up to me. She said, uh, I've been coming to your church since May last year. It was the first time I spoke to her. And, and I, I had a really good conversation with her. I said, it'd be great to meet up again. 
But, you know, sometimes we don't have the, develop these relationships because we come in and we go out. And I want to encourage you that actually one of the first things to say is that building relationships is, puts a pressure on you. It's not a pressure on me. It's actually some of us need to start stepping out of our comfort zone. And when we come into the cafe, not relying on a welcome team to welcome someone, but actually stepping across that fearful divide and just going and saying, hi, my name is this person, and actually have started a conversation. In fact, actually inviting someone around to your home for a meal that you've never invited before. We've got to do this. We've got to stand stronger together. Philippians 1, 27, Paul says this, Whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit. In other words, Paul says this. I'm going to bring it up to date a little bit. He says, Whether I come and visit you and get a welcome card and sit down and participate in the service, or I listen online from a distance, the same spirit is there. There is one accord that everything about you sings off the same song sheet. In fact, actually, your virtual reality, your online presence, your what you look like from a distance is exactly the same as if I met you to person to person. Because we all know, I mean, some people said to me, your church is never as good as its website. Well, I've got a problem with that because I like the little cliche, I like the little line, but the problem is, is I don't want our church to be not as good as the website. I want it to be better. I want our church, when people come here, to experience something far greater than the best visual representation as a designer that I could ever present. Because they encounter the living one. And so we've got to get into this mindset that actually, as nice as you can make things look, we need to make sure that there's a consistency of one in the spirit. That when people walk through the doors, they say, this place is... There's something about it. And it's not because you're trying to be something you're not. It's actually because the same spirit is in us all. And we're all living together as one spirit, coming together as one family. And friendships and building friendships is very, very much key for us to see what God wants us to do. You know, just the, um, just the other week, someone, someone gave me a, a gift and they said... Um, A while back, they said, we want to give you a gift. We want to treat you to a hotel, a night in a hotel. And um, just for yourself, and go and just relax. We're going to put you in a really nice hotel. Relax, enjoy the gym, enjoy the pool, enjoy the sauna, and all these things. And and I was so looking forward. In fact, this place was the Hilton Hotel, and it was where the England football team uh, practiced. They got all the, 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 the football pitch things around it. And so they sent me to this place, and I'm so excited to go and relax and use the gym. And, and so I arrived there, and this place is posh. And uh, I went in there and go up, they've got all these screens, pictures, and things of footballers. And I'm like, I'm really excited, even though I don't like football that much, but I'm just still excited. And I went in there and check in. Within 20 minutes, I thought, I'm going to go to the gym, because, you know, I like to go to the gym, as you know, and have a coffee and a cake down there. I went down to the gym, and I, I, I literally, I got in there, 20, min, 20 seconds or so onto the treadmill. I was literally just starting on the treadmill. I'm running away. And all of a sudden, this guy walks in, the gym instructor, walks into the room, and he says, excuse me, everyone. And so I, I, I'm, I'm kind of listening as I'm running. And he says, I just need to let you all know that the swimming pool is out of order. Uh, a child has been sick, so you can't use it till 3 p.m. tomorrow. Well, unfortunately, that was an hour after the checkout time. So all of a sudden I realized that I ain't going in the swim pool. One of the very things that I was looking forward to do. And so I pressed the emergency stop button. I turned around this guy. And I tried to stay Christian. I looked at him. Honestly. I looked at him and I said, sorry, can you repeat that please? Sorry, what did you just say? I mean, I just drove the whole way up there. And he said, yeah, you can't use the pool. I said, are you joking? So he said, yes, yes, it's impossible. We can't for security reasons and, you know, health and safety. So immediately, as a northerner and someone who likes a good deal and wants to make sure I get something, I got off the treadmill and I stormed straight out of there, trying to still be a Christian. And I walk up to reception and the, the lady comes to me on reception. I just said, can I have a word? I said, I just want to say, I've just been in the gym and I've been told that the, the pool's been closed. And uh, she says, yes, that's right. The pool's closed. 
I said, well, is it possible that, um, I said, can you, what can you do about this? She said, I'm sorry, sir. She goes, if you really want to swim in the pool, where there's been sick, be my guest. I thought, what a thing to say to a guest. And I said to her, I said, well, well, I said, can't you do anything about this? She says, well, what do you want me to do? And she was quite rude. And I just said, well, give me a free night. She says, I'm sure we can, sir. I was like, praise the Lord, miracles happen. Come on, I get a free night. So I'm going back next year or this year. And so I said, wow, that's amazing. Then she said, um, I talked about the problem. But I realized as I walked away from there and I went back to, back to the gym and just carried on. That this lady's name was Jane, by the way. In case you ever go there. It's quite rude. But Jane eventually came round and was my greatest blessing. But Jane was the face of Hilton Hotel. See, when she said to me, be my guest, and was quite rude, I realized that actually you are representing the brand. You're representing everything that I've seen on the website before I even arrived. So everything I thought was good about this place, Jane, in one, one statement, changed. And some of us, people come here from a distance. They come in and step into the church. They might see the website. They might see Facebook, social media. Oh, that church does evangelism. That church does this. They come in and they hear one line from someone. They hear things from people. And they think, this is not symbolic of what I've seen. Because it's important that our relationships, integrity, are as strong. It's important that our connection is as, is as strong as our communication. You can get all your communication right to the outside world, and actually your connection is terrible. And so I want to encourage you this year, I really believe we've got to be strong on relationships. We've got to be strong in seeing God do something greater in the way we we are with each other. In Mark 5 verse 6, we see Jesus meets the demoniac in the Gerasenes. It's interesting that at a, a, a distance, he runs to Jesus. Then he falls on his knees when he gets close. I believe that we should be the same at a distance as what we are up close. In fact, it should be better because the man falls to his knees. We've got to create an environment that when people see it on, an, on a distance, that when they arrive, it's a safe place to fall on their knees. It's a safe place to fall in family and come and actually not feel that they can't walk forward and, 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 and cry at the front here on this carpet. And, and that's what we've got to do. That man, he comes to Jesus, he recognizes the authority, but then he falls on his knees. We've got to create a place that we close the distance, that actually it all looks the same. It has the same spirit, one spirit of unity between us all. 1 Corinthians 1 Verse 10, Paul encourages that we shouldn't have division. He says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. I put here that division brings disconnect. Disconnect brings disruption. Disruption brings dysfunction. When all these things are operating, we become dysfunctional as a church. You might look functional. You can put the best thing on Facebook. But actually, we're dysfunctional underneath. And we've got to create something that's strong here, inside here, in in our relationships as well as on the exterior. In other words, we can't just rely on the packaging. We've got to rely on the product. And the product is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is. It should be representative. The gospel of Christ. Christ's teachings in us, through us, in our relationships. Amen? And so I really believe that we need to develop this. In Luke chapter 15, you see the prodigal son. Sometimes I, there's so many titles you could give that, that parable. You know, the great father or the angry brother. Because it's interesting. It really depicts, that parable depicts... What we're doing as a church every week, we're waiting for the prodigals to come. We're waiting for the lost sons, the lost daughters to return and come home. The father is waiting. Through us, he's waiting for prodigals to return. He's waiting for the 16-year-old boy who came in for Dwayne White. He's waiting for him to come here like he did this morning and say, I want to give my life to Jesus and the power of God just touch him. And ask me afterwards, how on earth did you know all the things you knew about me? God is waiting 
for us to do these things. But let me tell you, in that story, you've got an angry brother who takes his father's attention away because the father had to plead with him. And sometimes what happens is this. We can get very good at evangelism. We can get very good at seeing someone come in. But actually, our relationships in the family are not so good. And what happens is it distracts away and takes our attention off the main thing. And some of us need to grow up a bit. Some of us actually need to say, do you know what? My problems, it's not time to look at my problems and look at all these little issues that I've got between people. We've got a greater purpose to serve. Because that brother was trying to distract the father away. You know, I've been here all these years. And it's time to just build those relationships, that family, so that we're stronger as a unit. What are we going to do as visionary actions? Well, I ain't got loads of brand new things. And the reason why I'm not bringing lots of brand new things because I don't think that doing extra things is the way to have a vision. The way to have a vision is to look at what God is telling us in this season, this hour. But first of all, we want to develop our life groups. Our life groups, I believe, have been fantastic so far. I believe that we're seeing great the growth in them, but also growth in individuals. Even myself, when I go to some of these groups, and, and, and I see in, in, in my own group, sorry, I see the development of personal walk of faith. And I really want to encourage you, if you're not part of a life group, to get as part of one. But one of the, one of the intentions of our Leadership 360 last year, and just what we want to do into the future is build more leaders to plant more life groups. So that we can build more life groups dot around this. I really believe the future of the growth of this church is going to be a development of the close-knit relationships in life groups. If we can build those with good leaders, then we'll promote them and we'll see the church grow, but the relationships will grow as well. So we want to plant new life groups this year. And this, I believe, is, is all part of strengthening relationships. Number two is this, that what we want to do is We've done Alpha already. We want to do Alpha marriage this year. We want to do the marriage course. I believe that one of the key things is the enemy tried to come and attack relationships, marriages. I'm aware of certain issues with people, even in our body, here, of things I had to pastorally deal with. And and I'm encouraging you today that we need to actually fight back at this with the Word of God. You know, the enemy, when he comes and tries to damage things, Sometimes we can sit back, lay back and get hit down and say, do you know what, we, that was quite tough. But the reality is we've got to stand up to the devil. We've got to stand up and we say, well, let's actually put some teaching into this. And so not only the alpha marriage, but I'm speaking to several individuals here and people who are interested in teaching on marriage and doing things. And we want to teach into those areas of relationship. So it's one of the things we really want to do. If we want to be stronger together and standing firm, then we need to make sure we teach into these areas so that the enemy uh, doesn't have access in these areas. And finally, looking at that whole concept of what Paul says, you know, from a distance or whether I, whether I see you coming to see you or I hear about you, I believe that our online presence needs to be improved. So what we want to do as a church, we want to put some financial investment into redeveloping our website so that people can have better access on their mobile devices. The more and more people that are using devices now to access things, access our church, it's not the answer, but it, we have to make sure we're up, up to with the times. And our website's not been developed for many years, so we want to just redevelop that, make it more responsive to some of the devices that are being used. Because the younger generation particularly are using these things, and they're seeing what we're doing, they're hearing what we're doing. And we need to make sure that these access points are improved so that what people see at a distance says the same thing as what we're doing here. And it has that same excellence. I want to read this to you. Last week, we had an email from someone uh, who, who basically heard us online last week. And this is what they wrote. I don't go to church anymore. And I'm in a very dark place at the moment. And I felt God place your church on my heart today and to come to your church. But circumstances intervened and I couldn't make it. However, I did listen live and was powerfully impacted by the service. The prophetic word was given for me. The sermon was so relevant. I have let many snakes into my life and I feel hopeless and helpless to the point of not wanting to be here anymore. But today lifted me and gave me courage to continue on. I have some hope 
the night light has come on and is glowing in the darkness. I'm struggling with depression and anxiety and being bullied at work, with all, which all erodes my sense of peace and self-worth. I need to see the hand of God in all this. They took the time to write that this week. Sent it in. Because they listened live online. We do not know who is listening. I don't believe that people need to stay at home and always listen. But I believe there are people listening sometimes who are absolutely broken who need the answer. And for some reason, God led them to us. There's many churches they could listen to. But for some reason, God put this church on that person's heart. They couldn't make it for certain reasons that they listened. I believe we need to invest in this area and make sure. So one of the things we're going to be doing is using the the company we work with to try and invest into that. So that we strengthen our presence online as well as strengthen our relationships here. Amen? Hallelujah. Number two is this. Whatever happens in 2019... We're going to stretch out further. It's time not just to stand together stronger, but to stretch out further in our campaign for the gospel. Amen? Do I hear amen out there? We want to see the gospel of Jesus Christ go out more than we've ever seen before. And if you know me, I'm passionate about sharing the gospel. I've got an evangelistic streak inside of me as well as a pastor. And I want to see a step up the gear on this. Verse 27, Paul says this, striving together, striving as one for the faith of the gospel. The message version says contending for people's trust in the message, the good news. Do you know the the word contending means there's a fight on? We have got to contend to preach the word of God. And I don't mean just in this room. I mean evangelistically, increasing what we do out on the streets, increasing what we do in our avenues of evangelism. That's not always just on the streets, but increasing those areas. Isaiah 54 verse 2 to 3, it says this, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. And here we've got this, strengthen your sticks. That speaks into what I've just said. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Now, interestingly, you can, you can look at Isaiah 54 and focus on that prophetic word, which was, you know, to the Israelites. But you can focus on that prophetic word and say, actually, we'll strengthen ourselves, but not do anything. But actually, we've got to not hold back. You've got to stretch yourself. And sometimes stretching yourself means stretching to do things you didn't want to do. Stretching means doing things that actually is out of your comfort zone. And so many, many times we want to just stay in the comfort zone of strengthening. But actually God is looking for us to see this place enlarged, to see the purposes of God in King's Church be facilitated and seen. means you're going to have to stretch yourself. Do something that you've not seen before. Last year, we, the, the title of the message for last year's vision was preparing for increase. And I'm telling you, I've seen as a, as a pastor, this church is increasing. It's increasing. I'm seeing more numbers coming in than before. I'm seeing relationships actually developing more than I've seen before. The life groups have have feeded into that. So it's not that we're not achieving this, but actually this is happening as we speak. But we've got to let that keep going and building. And so that we see that strengthen. But we've got to stretch out. We've got to do more. Because I believe that God has got more for us than what we're doing right now. I was at the, the, watching football with my, my sons and they're playing, Lewis plays in the under sevens and I go onto the pitch and most weeks when they're playing a match, you watch them on the match and, and they've got the, the lines painted on the grass and uh, the linesman comes out, the, the guy who paints the lines, the groundsman, he comes out and he does it every week and he's preparing the matches through the day. And I always noticed this and I, and, and I felt God speak to me just the other day when I was looking for, for, this, for this sermon and, and I noticed that when Lewis plays, my youngest, he's always playing in the lines of what's the blue lines. So there's a pitch laid out with small goalposts, and it's all laid out in blue lines. And then he's in the middle of a bigger pitch that's got white lines. That's for the later match. It's for the adults with bigger goals at either end. But they're playing within that in these blue lines. And I felt the Lord said to me, son, 
what you're doing at the moment is you're playing in the blue lines. It's time to believe to break out to the white lines. You've got bigger goals to achieve. You've got bigger goalposts that to you look so big that you can't imagine you'd be able to achieve these things. The dreams for the church. And some of us sometimes, what we are is we're so comfortable in playing in the blue lines. That we know that the white lines are there, but we don't want them because they, they take more effort. If you're in the white lines, you've got to run longer. You get tireder. There's more to do. The goalposts are wider. Things get a little tougher. But let me tell you, God has set the white lines for this church, for something bigger. And he's saying, look, you're playing in something that actually the system of how it works, works for you. But now you've got to take this bigger. Now you've got to speak louder. You haven't got to let the enemy stop what you were doing. And, and, and you know, for, for me last year, I said it before, the, um, last year I, I felt that there were times when uh, even the struggles and the pressures that I went through, that I felt that the enemy tried to stop my voice. I couldn't, I couldn't sometimes, I didn't want to evangelize to people. I didn't have the strength to do it. I didn't want to sometimes. I'm telling you the truth. I didn't want to. It's the last thing I wanted to do. I'd go somewhere at one time, I'd be so passionate. Now that the passion had gone, because the enemy had rocked my life, and he, he was rocking other lives here. People would come to me and say, I'm struggling. And let me tell you, when this happens and the tension comes, stand firm. Strive for the gospel. Stand firm. Build your relationships. Have good friends around you. Have good people around you. You know, some people, you've got some of the best friends around you and you, you don't realize it. Every week you come here and you just think, oh, it's just church. No, you've got some of the best people around you. And they encourage you. You need to encourage one another to keep striving. And so what I do is this now when my flesh is weak, I say, I'm not going to have this. I'm going to tell my spirit. It's time to speak again the gospel because I'm not willing to stay in the blue lines, church. I'm, I'm going for the white. And when we get in the white, they'll become blue and there'll be bigger white lines. Come on. Hallelujah. Praise God. God has marked out the lines for us. The race is marked. It's time to run that race for the gospel again and see God move. You know, if I haven't mentioned this already, I do go to the gym every now and again. And uh, actually, since January, when I went to the gym, I said to God, God, I want to be used in this place. So I, I, I like the whole idea of going here, but I actually want to be used to evangelize because this place is a hotbed of incubation for the gospel. This place can see people get touched by the power of God. And I am not willing to just come here and be a part of the furniture. So I'd go, and, and, and I've got to tell you, in the season I was in, I'm like... I, I can't do this. I just, I'd go in there. I wouldn't do a thing. I'd just do my bit and leave. And the other day I was in there. And uh, I, I was on a, one of the cycling machines. And I said, God, please use me. I want to be used. When are you going to start using me? Give me an opportunity. I'll, I'll do it. But I just need you to help me to just go for it. And so I, I'm doing this. And then I went around. And I was on the last bit of apparatus. This is just this week. The last bit of apparatus, and I'm sat there, and this guy walks over to me, and it's, it just nodded to me a couple of times in there. And then he came over to me, and he just, he kind of huffed as though, like, it's hard work. And I kind of said, yeah, yeah, it's hard drinking coffee and eating cake. And, uh, and then I just got chatting to this guy. And I said, what brings you here then, man? I've not seen you here before. And he said, oh, I've been coming since November. He said, I've, I've gone through a breakup. He said, and I'm, I'm devastated. My life is just broken. He says, and I never thought this would happen. He says, and so I just feel really, he says, I put on all this weight, and so I just want to lose weight. I'm like, oh, wow. I said, so I sat talking to him about what he's gone through. I says, what did you do as a job? What's your job? He said, I worked in Spain. I did X, Y, Z. And he says, I used to be in, in singing. I used to be in a boy band many years ago. He said, and, and I did this and did that. He says, and, and so he just tell me a couple of things he used to do. And then he went on talking, and then I just said, look, I said, I thought, hey, I'm going to have to go for it now. So I said, I'm a Christian. Oh, he said to me, he said, what do you do? I thought, oh, 
I said, well, I'm a minister of a church. You all seen, he went as white as a sheet. He just said, oh, you're one of those religious people. And I said, well, actually, I'm not religious. I said, actually, I'm far from it. And he said, what do you mean? And all this time, by the way, there's a whole host of people on the cycle machines and spinners just looking at me, sweating away, just thinking, what is he doing? And I just said, uh, well, actually, I said, I've got a relationship with Jesus Christ. I said, and he's changed my life. I said, so I don't believe in religion. I said, do you believe? He says, oh, no, no, I'm not interested in all that kind of thing. And I said, well, I said, listen, can I pray for you before I go? Is there anything I can pray for? Do you have any pain in your body? No, I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. He goes, you can pray for me that this relationship I've just come out of, I'll forget about that relationship. I said, okay, we'll do that. I said, take my hand. So I take his hand. Now all the people on the spinners are wondering what's going on. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what am I doing? And I'm exhausted, by the way. So much kick. And I took his hand. And, um, and, I, and I started to pray. First thing I said was, I said, Holy Spirit, just come on him and just touch this man. I said, and I pray, Lord, that your peace of God will just touch his heart. That you'll heal his heart. You'll just help him to get over this relationship. And Lord, he'll forget about it. And so I went through this prayer with him. And then as, he, as I'm praying, I said, Lord, give me a word of knowledge for something that will reveal to him that you know about him right now. Because I've stepped out for you, Lord, and I need your help. So while I'm praying, I'm kind of praying, but at the same time saying, God, please show me something. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways. He said, I, I felt the Lord give me a name of a singer. And it, the name of the singer was Gary Barlow. And so I said at the end, I said, can I just say something to you? I said, I've still got his hand. I said, um, I, said I, I believe that God shows things to us and he reveals things about people. I said, can I share that with you? And I said, when I do, I said, if I'm wrong, please tell me, because I'm just learning to hear God's voice. And that's a bit of encouragement to you when you do this. I said, but can I just ask you? I said, I believe God just told me that you really like Gary Barlow singing. I said, and actually you like the fact that he plays piano as well as sing. And you play piano as well, but you've not played that for a long time. You just sing. And actually, the, you, you have a gift of playing the piano that God knows about. I says, and I believe that you can use that, and actually you will write songs in the future, not just copy people's songs. While I'm saying this to him, still sat down, holding the guy's hand, and praying for him, he looked at me, and he was, his eyes were filling. He looked like he was going to cry. And then at the end, he just stood back from me, and he said, do you know me? I said, no, sir. He says, do, no, no, do you know my life? Do you know who I am? I said, no, I'm sorry. And he's, I said, what do you mean? I said, you told me a few things about what you did. You did some singing. I says, but I just felt that name. He said, listen. He says, I was in a take that cover band for 10 years. He says, and I was Gary Barlow. <laughs> and then he said, I was invited onto Gary Barlow's TV show for, to find a, a person for the take that for Gary Barlow to the West End production. He says, and I went on to the BBC show for that. He says, I never got through. He says, but... I cannot believe you've just said all that. And I just said, listen, God knows you. So then I said this to him. I preached the gospel. I said to him, I said, look. There was a woman in John chapter 4 at the well. She met Jesus and she had a lot of failed relationships. But she found a relationship with Jesus that quenched her thirst. I said, the very thing you need is a relationship with Jesus. It will quench your thirst above any other relationships you'll ever have. I said, if you find that. I says, that story, if you go home and read that, you'll see that the thing I've just done for you is revealing a word of knowledge is the same thing. But the ultimate thing it points to is a relationship with Christ rather than trying to find the answers in relationships with human beings. This man was a homosexual. He said that at the outset. But let me tell you, I ain't going to live in the blue lines because my white lines tell me that Jesus came for the whosoever. He came for every single person to show them the way, the truth, the life. And so I said to him, I said, look, you, need, you don't need earthly relationships to find the answer. You need Christ. When you lead them to Christ and Jesus gets hold of someone... Look, listen to me. There's a lot of things on TV at the moment about conversion therapy. Let me tell you, conversion therapy is true because God will turn a heart towards him. He will change people. In fact, you don't even need people to change people. People can't change you. I can't change you. 
God changes you. Put that on the BBC. I can't stop God changing a life because God is in the business of transformation. He's in the business of taking someone, giving them new priorities in Him. And let me tell you, whether you like men, women, or whatever you like, the reality is this, that when you know Jesus Christ, you will love Him with all your heart. You will want what He wants for your life. So the reality, look, conversion therapy or what? You can call it what you want. But some people, when they find Jesus, they'll really realize what he is. I didn't, I didn't preach him down. He loved listening to me. Why? Because I don't condemn him. I don't put him down. I tell him the way, the truth, the life. Let him make his own decision. His life is not mine. Not there to, to, to hit the man and beat him down. Jesus hung around with the prostitutes. Come on. He didn't go around telling them all the things they're doing wrong. He loved them. We've got to love these people. And tell them the truth. Come on. It's time to move out of the blue lines and say, God, it's time to step out in our fear zone. It's time to step out and see the gospel preached. Do you know the same week, two days later, I was at the gym again, 10 o'clock at night. A personal trainer walked up to me, tried to show me a few little bits and bobs for free. So I listened to him, and then he walked across to his desk, just about to shut up the place. And he was coming right to the end of the night, and the cleaners walked in. And I heard the cleaners talk to the man. This is two days after this incident. I've not done any evangelism since I started in January. He speaks to them, and these two cleaners say, Oh, well, I've had an injury for a year now. My hip's had a problem. Terrible pain in my hip. In fact, I'm in agony right now. So I hear this, and I thought, Lord, do you really want me to get involved? I'd just been with a personal trainer who's like twice the size of me, really cool. Do you really want me to go over there and start talking about this now and healing? And I walked across and I said, look, I've heard you talk about your pain. I said, I'm a minister of a church and I believe that Jesus heals and I believe he can heal your hip. They looked at me, gone out. The personal instructor walked off. says, I don't believe in all this stuff. He walks away and so I just said, can I pray for you? I pray for the guy. Get, power of God touches him, gets healed pain drops from 7 out of 10. He said he was in agony to zero. To the point where he walks across, grabs one of the step aerobics, brings it over and starts stepping up and down on this step aerobic, trying to get the pain back, telling me the pain's vanished. Come on. Stepping out. Stepping out. There's more to it than this. God wants us to respond to opposition with greater communication of the gospel. Seeing him made famous where we go. 2018, we faced challenges, but just like Gideon, he faced the Midianites. We're going to go in the strength we have. Because the strength we have is good enough. I love this where it says in Colossians 1.29, what Paul says, he says, to this end, I love this verse. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. That's all you need, Christ, not yourself. Don't rely on what, all the attacks that you've had. Don't rely, on, don't rely on your strength. Rely on the strength that comes from Christ, and it powerfully works in you. You've got to tap into that. What are we going to do in visionary actions for this? Well, we've done it before. We're going to have Jonathan Conrad back. We want to do the mission again this year. It's going to be slightly smaller in the sense of we're not having Jonathan for here as long, but I actually believe that it's not about a person. It's actually about our action. And so we want Jonathan here. He's going to be coming for the Saturday and the Sunday and preaching. But we're going to do a Friday on our own. We're going to do evangelism on our own as teams. But we've got enough evangelists here to do that. That's happening a month's time from now. On the 16th and 17th of March, we're going to be hitting the streets. Or should I say on Friday the 15th as well. We're going to be going out to the streets. And then Jonathan's going to be here with the Mission 24. We also want to increase in that. If some of you have heard of this guy... We booked in for a little bit later in the summer because what a great opportunity in the summer it is here is to do an evangelistic campaign with Daniel Chand. If you've heard of Daniel, great guy, great preacher of the gospel. He's preaching all over the world, doing great things, seeing miracles. He's in Manchester at the moment. And we've got Daniel Chand is going to be with us that weekend in July. We want to preach the gospel on the streets with Daniel. Now, Daniel is someone who doesn't just go up and just talk to someone. He preaches. 
He preaches with authority. And I want us to step up a gear because I believe there are people here who want to start preaching more boldly and speaking boldly in the streets. Well, I want to bring people around them that are doing this to encourage us to step out and to push a little further. He's going to be bringing his wife Tanya with him, Tanya Chand. Tanya's going to be speaking at the second service on the Sunday. And she's going to be sharing a testimony, a powerful testimony uh, that you'll love. These are great evangelistic opportunities to bring people along, but also for us to share the gospel on the streets. Also for training for evangelism, we want to do, we've, we've set aside two dates now for the evangelism 360 this year. We want to keep doing that. And uh, the first one is on the 29th of June. So that one is just before Daniel comes. And then we've got the October one as well. So the evangelism 360 training to train people who, have, who want to just do this more and, and actually speak on the streets more. We want to do investment into that. And then last but not least, many of you know that it's not, you know, preaching the gospel is not just about going on the streets to talk to someone. Actually, it's Alpha. We've, one of the things that we've done with Alpha is seeing people come to the faith and people coming to find Jesus, getting saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. So this year, I'm really excited about this. And some of you may know about this already, but we've got our Alpha course in Eddington. For the first time, we're going to stretch out, not only stretch out in our evangelism on the streets by increasing that, but we want to, we, we're going to be taking hold of one of the rooms in this brand new building. We're going to be investing financially to pay for that. It starts in March. John and the team, John Roberts on the team with Lisa Salloway. Lisa lives directly opposite this uh, building. We want to see Alpha operating here, reaching the people of Eddington, Girton. But the idea is this, that we start to build a culture and start to build that culture that says, actually, King's Church is not just operating in this room, but there's an expression of kings now, not only in life groups, but publicly is being displayed in areas like this, where people in their homes who are going to get a card through the post are going to say, I can walk down across to the community center, and there's an expression of a church there. I believe that this will grow towards us even thinking about doing expressions of church services in buildings like this where we can express kings into new areas around the city. And we're just going to see where that goes. But last year we were looking at developing leaders, to build leaders, to plant, potentially plant other congregations. We'll see where that goes. But I really believe in starting things small, not just rushing into it, and actually just getting that spirit of, actually, let's go into a property. Let's get some territory, take it for Jesus, and see what happens, and learn how to do that, and get in that rhythm. Amen? I want to just say, if you want to help in this already, if you want to just say today, I'm, I want to be up for helping with this, then you can deliver leaflets. We need people to deliver leaflets all across Eddington area and Girton area. Go and see Joe at the end. Joe, why don't you just quickly stand up? Or they, I know that people can get an email. Here's Joe, the amazing Joe. But please do go and see. If you want to participate in that, you can be start from today by just encouraging and helping in that area. Finally, number three, and we'll come to a close, and I want us to pray at the end. But whatever happens in 2019, I believe that we need to stand in the gap in prayer. You know, standing together, stronger together as relationships is one thing. And stretching out further and standing out for the gospel is another. But we need to stand in the gap. The one thing I think that we've not been as good at, if I'm going to be honest, as a church is praying. We need to know the power of prayer again. And I really feel this strongly that God is urging us to get into that place of prayer again where we believe for breakthrough in certain areas. You know, intercessory prayer. One of the greatest ways to respond to opposition is intercession. It is one of the greatest ways. To respond to it is increased intercession Philippians 1.27, Paul says, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. And then he says this, verse 28. Without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. In other words, when we get fearful of opposition. So, I, you know, opposition has come my way and it's tried to attack me. It's tried to attack you last year. The best way to respond to opposition is not to say, I'm strong, I'm strong, and I'm more than a conqueror. You can tell yourself these things. You can, you can do these things. But actually, the reality is we need to get into prayer. Because as you pray, God 
will do something on the inside of you. If we pray for others who are evangelists in the church, who are on the front line, you're going to pray for confidence and boldness in them. I really believe in surrounding people with intercession is going to be the key this year. So that the enemy looks and says, I'm not even touching that person. The prayer that's surrounded by them is so strong. Notice this, in Acts chapter 4, verse 23, Peter and John, they've just been before the Sanhedrin. And they've been threatened. They've been threatened because uh, they're believing, they've, they've seen the cripple get healed. And in Acts chapter 4, now they've been challenged by the authorities. And it says this, on their release, verse 23, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they all got together, said to themselves, we can do this, we're strong, we have lots of strength in our own ability, and we can do... No, it doesn't say that. Some of you are wondering what version I'm reading. No, no, it says, when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Peter and John did not come back and say this. Look, we just saw the cripple get healed. We got power running through our veins. We've got authority running through our veins. Nothing is going to stop us now. Nothing is going to come against us. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We saw a cripple, so nothing's going to stop us. They didn't come back boasting because what happens is every time you advance out of the blue lines to the white, what happens is the enemy comes and tells you everything you're not. He says, you're not this person. He tries to push you down and say, you can't achieve this. I'm going to drive you back. And the best way to respond is not to tell him what you did yesterday, but is to get together with the believers and pray with authority and intercede together and break down the strongholds, the principalities and powers. And then in verse 31, it says this, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And spoke the word of God boldly. You can't talk yourself around. You've got to get together. You've got to go and find your relationships. You've got to find the people that you're building your relationships together. Not online. Not over Facebook Messenger. No, you've got to get together with the people that your family, your strong family, and say, we've got to pray because we went out into this territory in Cambridge. We had some attack and there was problems and I don't feel like preaching anymore. And then people say, we're going to pray into this and things start to shake again. Confidence starts to rise up again in you. You start to speak again and God wins. Come on. But you know what the enemy wants you to do? The enemy wants you to have a different outset. There's nothing about vision, nothing about coming together, none about this. That actually it's all in your own strength. And if you failed, don't bother with that area. You know, you, did, you, you remember you achieved it at the beautiful gate? Maybe go back there again. Do that. I wouldn't bother with this territory, what you do. Don't bother with that territory. It's too hard. No, no, no. All the territory we can have for Jesus. Everything. You think we're just a small... Footprint here on, 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 on Tennyson Road. We can have the territory for Jesus in the spirit. But we've got to pray. We've got to pray together. And I believe that the components in verse 31 after they prayed, it says that the place they were meeting was shaken. I really believe that as we start to pray as a church, we're going to see the Holy Spirit start to shake our meetings. There's going to be people getting healed. There's going to be people getting touched. Because it, it starts on a foundation of prayer. And not only that, not only will the place be shook, but people will be filled and empowered with the Holy Ghost to go and do the same. And they will be filled with boldness. I hear more people tell me, I want to be more bold for Jesus. Well, you just need to be full, filled with the Holy Ghost. I can't make you bold. Evangelism 360 can't make you bold. It can encourage you, but you need to be empowered by the Holy Ghost. So all these things and, uh, to train you, but ultimately you need the Holy Spirit. And I believe with these components in prayer, we'll see major change. If the team could just come back, that would be great. What are the visionary actions for prayer? What are we going to do this year? 
Well, first of all, I want to say this. We want to do more strategic and targeted prayer. In terms of when we meet together at least on a Tuesday night for prayer, it's actually me picking out on people and saying, what is God putting on your heart? And I want you to lead prayer in that evening on that specific thing to target that area. So the reliance is not just on me, but actually there's certain people in here I believe God is going to start putting things on your spirit and you say, I really want to pray in this area. Well, let's do a prayer meeting just on that. And people will be like, what? And now we're praying on that? Yes, we can do this. We've got to lift up our prayers to Jesus and see breakthrough. And I'm telling you, the, the devil doesn't want to hear this because he knows that it's, it is the engine room of the church. It's the engine room of the church. So more strategic and tied to prayer meetings. But not only that, I really believe that actually if we're going to bring our life groups and get stronger together, actually some of our life groups need to be less teaching in some of them, some sessions, not all, but sometimes saying actually read this scripture and then pray together. Pray and intercede together. Intercede for the church. Intercede for families. Intercede for things together. So actually a lot more of the time is built into praying. Because I believe if we can teach people how to pray in the life groups, they'll learn how to pray in the corporate setting. The problem is, is people don't pray in the corporate settings because they don't know how to pray. So if we teach them in the small groups, then they'll pray here. Then we'll, te- then we'll build a church that's based on prayer. Amen? Next thing is we want to do is prayer and fasting weeks. You know we've done these before. Normally we've done like one a year. We want to do this year three this year. And I've strategically put these prayer and fasting weeks into, first of all, the two weeks that are surrounding the evangelism weeks. So when we've got Jonathan Conrath coming, and then we've got um, Daniel Chan comes in July, I want us to be doing a prayer and fasting week that everyone can get involved in right up to the evangelism weekend. So that when we go, we've been backing these things up with prayer. And we're learning how to pray. Then the third one I've put is in November. And uh, some of you may know this, we've got Eric Gilmore coming back again this year. He's back with us in November, and what a fantastic time we had with Eric last year. Well, he's back again, and I want us to just have a time of prayer and fasting, even up to that time when we have Eric with us, who's just going to just lead us into that place of pursuing God more again, and drawing close to God. Finally, not only do we want to do prayer and fasting weeks, but another thing I want to see us do is something new, and that is a prayer room. And we're going to open up, we've got five strategic dates this year. Five strategic dates where room one downstairs, potentially room one, the first room on the right as you walk in. We're going to open up on a Tuesday through the day. So this will be before the Tuesday night services. So from nine o'clock till five, there'll be an opportunity for people to book in a a slot to cover one hour. So you can come in any time in the day and say, I'm just going to go in that room. There'll be a bit of just gentle music if you want music but to pray and intercede for the church so that we're covering five strategic full days of prayer that lead, actually lead up to the night where we're doing something on the Tuesday night, but also are covering through the year. And we'll see how this goes. But to start with, let's put these five specific dates in. What we want to make sure is that if someone says, I want to book a slot, that if two people in that room will never have a man and a woman together on their own. So we'll just say, if you want to, if you want to come with a friend, a woman can bring another friend with them. You book a slot and you spend that time praying. We'll even probably have an opportunity for people to put prayer requests into a box. Then people who come in after you can walk in and they don't know what's in that box, but they can pray for the request. Let's start getting into a season of believing God through prayer for breakthrough so that 2020 will be something phenomenal as we start to put foundational elements in of doing these things, standing firm, striving for the gospel and standing out in prayer. For God and stand in the gap for other things. Amen? Amen. We're going to just finish in a moment. If you want to stand just quickly. And we're going to start finish with prayer. This morning what I did is I didn't bring people to the front. Because this is not a message to necessarily minister to. But what I want to do today is I'm going to call on just a few people. You're not, you're not going to be ready for this. I'm going to call on a few people to come forward and just take this mic in a minute. And pray into 2019 praying to what God is going to do. Before we do that, I'll just tell you a couple of other things that I'll announce today in terms of events. We've got on the 28th of September our Voice in the City. We've got that, the conference. And we've got that. It's going to be called a blaze. We've got Dr. Sharon Stone back with us again. That's this year. We've got another chat with us this year. No, it's not Danny Oates this time. We're giving Danny a break. 
<laughs> thought Danny's, Danny just needs a rest. He needs to strengthen his, his family. So we got Steve Tebb. Steve Tebb is an amazing guy. I met this guy on ministry recently. He is a worship leader for Catch the Fire Ministries in London. He was part of the... Uh, he's just come back from Toronto leading worship for the 25-year celebration of the Toronto move of the Holy Ghost. And he was just there leading worship, front end in front of thousands. We got Steve and all the Catch the Fire team, they're going to come. I was with this guy, and he led worship in a teaching session I did. The projection broke. There was barely anything in the room. The guy got on the keys, led worship for 45 minutes, and the, the presence of God just filled that room. It was phenomenal. The, the passion in the room. No words, him just leading us into that special place. And I just, straight away, I said, I want, I want to work with you. And he said, I'd love to work with you as well. Interestingly, he's very close and done a lot of street work with Daniel Chan. So it's connected now with Daniel Chan. I'm trying to get Steve to come even on the Daniel Chan weekend so that we can have them both working together. So that when we're here, we can see them, you know, combine it. Isn't it amazing? Two separate relationships now just forming. But God doing something. So Steve's going to be with us. So that's a blaze, 28th of September. And then, really exciting, Steve's not here to advertise it. I know that you've already heard about this. But our Exceed Men's Conference as well. We're going to be stepping out and doing a men's conference. All to build strength and relationships. And even Aspire. I'm afraid we're not going to be having one this year. But we're also talk, we're talking and looking for next year's date for a conference for Aspire early next year. So that's all coming soon. So we've got some good, good stuff happening. Amen. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.